1: And now, from beyond our dimension, this is the Jeff Mara Podcast. Here's Jeff.
0: My guest is John Rigby, who during his near-death experience talked to Jesus, and today we're going to learn about it. John, thank you for joining me, and welcome. Thank you. All right, John, if you don't mind, can we start on the day it happened and go from there?
1: Okay. It was... um. I've been med at that stage I'd been meditating every day for seven years and um doing yoga. I started out in a yoga group because I had um some back problems and um part of at the end of the um all the yoga stretches and and activities, we did a 10 minute meditation, and um I was shocked at how busy and and on how um unregulated or uncontrolled my my mind was so and um and uh, I tended to be a bit of an anxious shy scared person at the time this was when I was 19 so um so I found the at first meditation calmed me down so much it was very pleasant. And um, so then I kept doing it, and I've been doing it for 42 years now, basically, um, almost every day since then. And um, so after seven years of doing this yoga and meditation together, I was sitting on my bed meditating, as I did, and, um, and I normally, when I meditate, I get a blue light. In, sort of around me, in, in, inside, in, inside my head. So I think as I see this blue light and it's just sort of just what radiates for me. And um, but this time, instead of the blue, after, you know, a bit of time in there, I'm not sure, I was out for about two hours all up with this experience, um, after a time of the normal blueness and calmness and and feeling really good the light changed and became this blinding white light um but it was radiating warmth and love and kindness and um joy it was a you know the feeling of it was really good so um so i um spontaneously wanted to walk into the light so um so i did at this stage i was um i was sort of in my head but my body had become my etheric body um do you know what an etheric body is where you' you're basically like a ghost with your brain working inside the head of the of the of the ghost ghost human figure and um and as i walked into the light i didn't get a tunnel like so many people do i just went straight in and as i as the um blindingness faded um jesus was in front of me so he um i think at that stage in my life jesus i believe in jesus but I'm a bit dodgy about whether the Bible's Jesus's Jesus's work. It's a lot of other human input going on in there. Um, so, and I asked Jesus, "What's happening?" And um, he said, "This is what um, life is outside your body, or outside the human realm." And um, and um, I was a bit gobsmacked surprised um and um he he basically said can i take you for a tour of of this this reality so um i didn't think of it as heaven because i don't believe in heaven but it was some sort of other reality that i was experiencing and um and we we were sitting or sitting, standing, whatever, floating in space above the city where I lived. Um, I lived in Brisbane in Australia, and at that stage, and um, I could see through all the walls around me, of the houses around me, and I could see people, see the people moving around in the houses. And doing what they do, I could see about uh, three houses deep, as if I looked from my house, sort of thing, to the houses nearby. But 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 um, Jesus and I were up in the air at this stage, so we could see the whole vista of the city around us, and um, and we could. Focus in on whatever we wanted to focus in on. So um so Jesus showed me people living their lives and and um being completely blind to the fact that Jesus and I are looking at them or going near them or seeing them. We were We were invisible to them. So, um, and I I saw, I could see people's motivations and what was driving them to do what they were doing. I had a real sense of um, telepathy. And um, sorry about all the ums. Uh, I need to think while I'm talking. And and we um, we basically visited people I knew and people that I was interested in. None of them knowing that we're there or aware of us. And um, and it became clear to me that everybody was doing the best they could at everything they were doing with their limitations. The, the um my my mindset in this in this spiritual etheric body was well my mind was so vast and I could comprehend so much I felt um you know like godlike it was quite amazing and um Jesus said this was all quite normal and um and having this understanding that everybody is really doing the best they can, even if they're killing people. Um, They're doing the best they can with their limited, convoluted mind. And um, in this state, Jesus and I, our minds were just, you know, clear and could see, could understand so much and understand people's motivation. So, um, So basically, over the two hours, I got shown all these different people, my parents, my brothers and sisters, workmates, Um, I got shown their lives and ha- what their motivations are. And everybody is trying to do what they think will bring them the most joy and satisfaction in life. And um it's just the, the mind that gets twisted. And and we all we um Jesus explained that all all souls that come into the human experience put on um, blinkers or they, they can only only understand a certain amount in each lifetime. So um so the human mind is just a, a tiny fragment of um of the spirit mind. And so so with the tiny fragment, we start out life when we're born. Um, we do the best we can in the circumstances we've chosen and to make life as happy and joyful and meaningful as possible. And, um, yeah, it was amazing. And this whole time I was with Jesus. I felt this sense of peace and love and and um, acceptance and joy. And that every everything in life, in my life and these other people's lives, was happening as it was meant to happen. Everything that happens in your life, you draw to towards you by your beliefs and your um and the way you think about things. Um so it was just after it, it was about two hours. I um Jesus, I, I wanted to stay there. I said to Jesus, can I stay in heaven or whatever this world was rather than return to my um tiny human brain and tiny human life? Because it was just so pleasant and so um yeah, just Good to understand so much and feel so calm and joyous and at peace, and um, and all my all my issues and problems were solved in this this reality, and um, I was just joyous. I felt happy. I was glowing with an inner joy, and um, but Jesus said I needed to go back. That I had had to continue to experience the human experience. Um, because my greater self or my higher self or the me that I was with Jesus wanted me to experience the struggles and the joys and all that human life is um, so um unwillingly <laughs> I went back to my body about two hours later so um, And I went back into my um, blue light that I normally get when I'm meditating, and then I woke up, or I not woke up, I opened my eyes and I just couldn't believe what I'd experienced. I felt, wow, you know, just, wow, this is so um, life-changing and just gave me a completely new perspective on life. And I, and I knew there was nothing to fear because um, at this stage of my life I was studying science at university, um, environmental science, and um, I was very much sceptical about um, spirit and heaven and all the religious philosophies. I was very much a scientific modern human. And um, and to have had this experience and had it all explained to me by Jesus was was um, yeah it was mind blowing. Mm. And um, but I I you know part of what we we saw when we were in this other other reality was people dying and leaving their bodies their etheric body lifting up out of their body after the, as they're passing basically. And, um, yes, it, you know, you never die. You, there is no death. There is only change, changing forms. And, um, and that sense of relief from the fear of death was, oh, it was, yeah, overwhelming. It was joyous. It was, wow, I don't have to fear that anymore. But then, my um next fear was pain um and I thought can I get rid of the pain in life can, can I understand that pain is an illusion or something that's only relevant to this human life and um, and that was a lot harder for me to accept that, I had to experience the pain in this human life, um, and and um, Jesus had said to me, "You know, pain is part of this existence. It's part of this whole human experience. Um, so, as much as you want to avoid it, never be in pain again, um, it's not going to work that way. <laughs> so that's not that's part of this reality." So at that stage I'd started doing yoga at 19 because I was having some back spasms and um, I'd found out that I had um, three deformed vertebrae between my um, shoulder blades, Um, scoliosis is the medical term, and um, and, and that was um, setting off all the muscles in my back and giving me back spasms. Whenever I did um, too much of anything, um, like at that stage, I was playing cricket, a game a bit like baseball, um, and I was a mad keen bowler or a pitcher. I, they'd call me in um, the US, and um, and every time, by this stage, every time I bowled, after I'd bowled, oh, I don't know, 30, 30 balls, my back would start really throbbing and the pain was quite bad and um, I had to stop bowling. That was, that was um, all I could do for that day. Um, I could still, I could still stand and walk around and do everything else. But if I tried to bowl, I'd just get these shooting pains up my back and into my head and down my legs. In What I later learned was the sciatic nerves. Um, so I basically had to stop running um, and I could only do the, you know, 30, 30 balls a day sort of thing was all I was able to do without setting off all the pain. And um, because I wanted to avoid pain most of all, that's, that's what I did. And, um, and um, so pain, with, pain by that stage had become a normal part of my daily experience of my back pain, my spas- back spasms, I've um as well as the three deformed vertebrae, I'd already um had a bulging disc in the neck, and um I, I um had three uh, the bottom three vertebrae in my lumbar region were all the um discs had either been smashed and disappeared one of them, and the other two were, had no gel left in them; they were just Husks, so um, I was getting bone on bone contact there, as well as up in my, hip, up in, in the middle of my back, uh, at the scoliosis. So every time I ran and did anything jarring, I'd get um, the nerves that get trapped and send pain shooting around my body. Um, so referred pain, basically. Um, it was I later discovered it was called. Cool. And um so, I, so yeah, it was it was very disappointing to me at you know, age, was it 27, 26, 27, um, that even though I had all this spiritual understanding all of a sudden and and knew this body was only temporary, um, that I couldn't get rid of the pain you know that was um yeah that was a really tough lesson for me and um, very hard to accept so and i'm still struggling with accepting it because it's over the last, the 42 years since i started yoga and meditation it's gradually got worse and worse and worse throughout my life um so the pain that jesus said you've got to experience as part of this life has certainly (laughs) been very um, evident. So so that's my first near-death experience.
0: Let me take Hmm. you back to the beginning. Do you feel Hmm. that you left your body during meditation or did you actually have something happen to you like you stopped breathing or something that caused you to leave your
1: body? No, nothing seemed to happen. I didn't. Um, the, when when I when the um the blue light changed and brightened into this amazing bright light, I just was um, a, a etheric form, a ghost body sort of thing. I um I just was with a brain, like I still had my brain. But I was in this etheric body and um, it just felt wonderful. It just felt very pleasant to be free of any weight and um, any effort. It was just life felt effortless and, and joyous and the joy was just overwhelming. It was amazing, you know. it's just this it joy. It was, you know, better than any orgasm. It was just, wow. The best thing that I'd ever felt, you know, and um it was wonderful. So I, I was enjoying it so much. I really didn't think about the fact that I'd left my, left my body and gone into this reality, mm-hmm. inside the light.
0: You mentioned that this experience lasted for two hours. Is that two hour time? Is that mm-hmm. okay? Hour time. Did it feel like yeah. it was longer than that on the other side, like days or weeks?
1: There was no sense of time. Um,
0: Or time didn't exist at all?
1: Well, all the people in in this reality were moving around and and hurrying here and hurrying there and driving this way and driving that way. And um, it it did exist for them, but for us it didn't. Like we could just um, go from one side of Australia to the other side of Australia or to somebody else in Melbourne, you know, and visit them, just like that. It was just, um, it was like light. We, were, we, moved, we moved at the speed of light, and um, there was no sense of time at all. Mm. What I, did, I could have been in there for ages or one second. It just, there wasn't any sense of time at all. Mm.
0: What did Jesus look like?
1: Well, pretty much the stereotype Jesus, the... Um, the uh, not blonde hair. He wasn't blonde, blue-eyed. He was, you know, dark-eyed and and dark, shaggy hair down, you know, like a hippie, down over his shoulders sort of thing. Um, and he was wearing a robe of some sort. I didn't get a sense of um, anything other than arms, body-wise. He had ha- hands and, you know, hugs and all that sort of stuff, but um, there was no sense of body with Jesus. So it was just the, um, yeah, the head, hair, and shoulders sort of thing that Jesus manifested or I manifested for Jesus in this vision. Yeah, this reality. Mm.
0: Do you recall if Jesus taught you anything? And if so, do you remember any of the teachings
1: um, well, that teaching about human life having pain and as an essential part of human life um, was definitely the biggest teaching I, I got, as well as realising that I, I'm a soul and that I don't die and that I'm timeless and I'm endless and... Because um, I, I feared death. Prior to this experience, but um, Jesus taught me the death was an illusion, just uh, something of this plane. It wasn't something of real of the greater reality we all live in spiritually. Mm.
0: Families have a lot going on. I assume that your communication with Jesus was telepathic.
1: Um, Funny. no, it was. He was talking to me. You in this, in this, this one. Um,
0: you recall like what his voice was like? Was it like a deep voice or a high pitched voice, or or how would you describe it? Um,
1: well, it was a deeper voice than mine. I'm a bit squeaky by nature. Um, it was, um, I don't know, the, um, radio announcers sort of voice, Mm -hmm. you know, that smooth, deep, husky voice that all the news readers have and all that sort of stuff, you know, that, um, it was very much that delivery style of thing.
0: Did you happen to speak with him about reincarnation?
1: Well, reincarnation is really um, our spirit deciding to have another human experience That's mm-hmm. what I got shown, that, you know, you leave the body and sp- spirit fly- goes out of the body up to the next reality, um, this reality that I was in. And um, and when it's your turn, you return to another body to have another human experience. So... um. Did that answer the question? Yeah, basically. I lost lost I mean, track of the question there. It, yeah, but oh that's right. Yeah, basically, um, yeah, you reincarnate mm-hmm. as you as your spirit chooses for you. Mm.
0: After you came back, did you become more or less religious?
1: Oh, less religious, probably. Um, I realized that all the religions. Of the world are human creations they're not um spiritual creations they're human beings doing the best to understand um life as they know it and and spiritual experiences that some people have had trying to connect the two and um religions are a human attempt at that and um at that stage, I hadn't studied any religion other than Christianity. I was raised as a, a um, Protestant Christian, an Anglican. We call it here in Australia, and um, so I really hadn't explored any other religions. But but um, I could tell straight away that the Bible was a human creation with human minds, and um, they might it might be inspired by Jesus. But um, it went completely in a different direction to what Jesus was, the love and acceptance and kindness that Jesus portrayed and and believed in.
0: After you were back and you had processed this experience, did you? It
1: took me a long time to process this experience, let me tell you. Uh, it, It took me a couple of years to process this all. This experience, yeah.
0: Well, during that time, did you ever have any doubt that this experience was real? Or did you always know
1: it was real and Jesus is real? Well, I wondered if I had gone off into some um, delusional fantasy. Um, I'd studied a little bit of psychology at university. Um, And... um, i wonder whether i was having a, a delusion of some sort um but it was so real and it was so um open and honest and there was no hiding of anything that it didn't feel like it was something to trick me didn't feel that, like there was any deception or or um Jesus had nothing to gain from from showing me the spirit world. Um, So yes, I believed it. It just felt so authentic. um, I really I I tried to entertain these thoughts that it was an illusion or a delusion. Um, But yeah, I couldn't after I'd seen all the motivations people have, and how they how people work with. When I was in the spirit in the spirit form, it just um, yeah it made too much sense for it not to be real.
0: Is it possible that it was more real on the other side than here?
1: No, I think this reality is real too. They're both real. Just um, they're different levels of experience different um different purposes i would say so um you're not you're not um trying when you when you're back in your spirit form you're not trying to understand the world or 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 make money or find happiness you've got everything you need when you're in spirit um so it's yeah, it's a different reality, but it's just as real. Hmm. Is the sense of it? Yeah. It's different rather than better or worse, just different. When you were
0: on the other side, I believe you saw into people's houses and perhaps you hmm. saw friends. Did you ever yes. try to go back later and verify if any of that, what you saw, was real?
1: I asked a few people questions about what they were doing that day and, um, and why they were doing what they were doing. And um, they verified what I was seeing, mm. yes, mm. Um, without me telling them at all that I, I was a spirit watching them. They, they verified that, you know, they were sleeping at that time or they were at work at that time and they were driving at that time or all those sort of things. I just subtly asked little questions about people, what were you doing yesterday or what mm-hmm. were you doing the other day, you know, how did that make you feel and, then, you know, and all the, you know, I, I, I um, yeah, I asked sneaky questions to try and draw out people what they'd been doing at the time to see whether it was justified and it was, yeah. It was um, every time that somebody confirmed what I saw, um, it was just, whew, this is getting more and more real and more and more um wow. Yeah, unbelievable and just amazing. And yeah, it gave me more and more confidence that what I'd experienced was real and you know, justified. And yeah, it was happening. I I could or I will return to spirit. And have that understanding and be free of all the pain and suffering that comes with human life. And um, I'm getting emotional just thinking about it. It was, yeah, it was more and more, wow.
0: Do you feel that since you were on the other side, that relatives or friends of ours, once they're there for good, have the ability to check in on us and look and see what we're up to?
1: I didn't even think about that, to tell you the truth. Um, but they do have, from what I've learned since in my um, more spiritual experiences I've had, um, they can, but they rarely do. Um, it has to be something of tremendous emotional significance for them to really take an interest in what's going on for you. Um, because most people are just living regular life, you know. They're breathing, they're eating, they're sleeping, they're working, they're loving, they're hating, you know. They're doing, and they, and they're all doing these things that you've done it, you've done before as a human being, and um, you don't need to see that human beings being human beings. It's, right. You've had enough experience of that.
0: <laughs> kind of like you've so been that. So you don't look in that. very often. It's like you've been there, so, done that. It's not that interesting to go watch.
1: <laughs> exactly. Most of the time, yeah, spirits. So, yeah, spirits will only want to see what's happen, happening for you when it's amazingly emotional, a big, you know, like big fear or big trauma or happy joy, wonderful occasion, weddings and, and things like that. And some people go and look at their funerals too. Um, see, see what um. Sorry, my phone's ringing. I'll just turn it off. Um, they go to funerals and see who's turned up at the funeral and what they're saying and yeah, all that sort of stuff too. So, yeah, but they spirits only interested in the emotionally significant parts of human life. That's what really matters. It's who you love and who you hate, and how you resolve all those issues that spirit's really interested in
0: you mentioned that you had a new perspective after you got back can you tell us more about that well
1: the different perspective was that um i knew that everybody was doing their best um they weren't They weren't being hateful. They were just trying to get the best out of life that they could. And if um, beating you up meant they had more money or more um, power, they were doing it because they thought it would bring them joy and happiness and, and a better life. So, um, and, you know, obviously people that love you and, Care for you and, do, and act in that way. They want the best for you too. So, um, so yeah. Um, life becomes very much about people's intentions and motivations, um, the emotions, the motive reasons behind why people act the way they do. And and um, that was a very different perspective for me. I I thought prior to this that. Um, some people were um, out to hurt others or out to um, be cruel and, and uh, there was people that actually enjoyed being cruel and hateful and, and um, killing others, people like that. But people don't. What they're trying to do is their actions they believe will bring them more power, more health, more love, more joy, they're all trying to improve their life in whatever twisted way the human mind has, has decided. You mentioned
0: you had experiences after this one. Can you tell yes, us well, about that?
1: I've had about 40 out-of-body experiences since, um, but they're different. They're not like this. Um, and I've had two other experiences where I've been into the light, Um and had had similar light experiences. Um where I, you know, where I've been meditating. All, all of them have happened during meditation. Um
0: have you ever met up with Jesus again?
1: Yes, he was there again. Um each time he became more and more a um colleague, I would say. Um he, he um Felt more and more we were co-spirits, both spirits that were living creative lives in different ways. Um, that we were equally a part of God as Jesus, I was. Every Everybody, every human being is actually a part of God and is equal to Jesus in their spirit, but it's the... Human limitations bring them down to the small little world that human human minds can see. So um, so yeah, about that was 1988 when I had the first one. About three years later, I had another one. Um. Again, I was um. Up at my uncle's property, up at about two hours' drive north of Brisbane, in. Queensland, Australia, um, and um, I decided to have him meditate in the middle of one of his paddocks. He he had a 160-hectare farm um, running cows, cattle and, and um, beef, no, not dairy, a beef farm, and um, I was up there on a family weekend. My, my family was visiting... My uncle and his wife up there, and um, and I, I, I um after lunch again, it was sort of, you know, two o'clock in the afternoon, something like that, two or three in the afternoon. I sat down in in one of the paddocks. There was nobody around or nothing around at the time, just lots of grass, cowpats and things like that. Um, and um, I had a meditate, and again. I went from not this normal blue, sort of peaceful calmness that I get in meditation, into this. The light just just came up and just got so bright and enveloped me, and I walked into it, and I was in there in the um, other reality with Jesus again. So, um, and basically, I asked more questions this time. And um tried to get more answers to why human beings were the way they are and why why I have to keep coming back. Um, haven't I had enough pain yet? <laughs> haven't I had enough suffering and um, and um, emotional breakdowns and things like that. So our relationships going wrong and um, but um, yeah, spirit, Jesus again told me that now you have much more to learn, and you 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 intellectually think you've experienced all there is to experience in the human experience, um, but you haven't, so you've got to go back there, and you've still got more human lessons to learn, so um, and human reality to understand, so um. But again, it was a wonderful sort of two-hour experience. And I was actually woken up and brought out of it by um this strange sensation on the back of my head. And um you know I started getting this sensation while I was with Jesus and um it kept happening and I was going, what's happening? And um and that, that pulled me out of out of the, phys- the astral plane or the reality I was in, back into my body, and um, and I opened my eyes to try and see what was happening, and there was about oh, eight cows around me, and one of them was behind me licking all the salt off my head, off the back of my sweaty head, because I was it was in Queensland. It's quite warm. It um you know regularly gets to the thirties sort of, thing. and um. That's 30 centigrade, you know, 70, 80, 90, 90 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, and um, so I was sweating while I was meditating. And these cats, you know, there was, they were all around me licking. There was a few of them licking the, the back of my head. But as soon as I opened my eyes, um, the cows that were in front of me went, <clears throat> <clears throat> it's alive, and they all jumped back. I, um, and then the ones that were behind me saw that the other ones were scared and they jumped back too and um, and um, I just I, I went oh that's what's been happening and um, so I, I still had even when I was in spirit I still had connection to the physical form and I, I was still um, feeling things that the human body feels. so um and um, yeah. So I, I stayed really, really still because I thought if I move, I just opening my eyes scared them to jump back that much. Um, if I move, it'll really scare them. So I, I closed my eyes again and stayed really still and just sort of looked through little slitty eyes so they couldn't actually see that I was watching them. And um, and they came back and started licking my head again. And after, after, you know, five minutes or so of looking at me and checking me out... And, going around and sniffing me, the, all these big noses coming right up to you. <laughs> it's quite an experience. Mm. And, um, yeah, they started licking me again, but I got sick of it after a, you know, a while and then I opened my eyes again, they all jumped back. And, um, yeah, I, I moved and, and got up out of my yoga posture and they all just ran away because um, <clears throat> they were basically scared of humans. <clears throat> So um, once they realised that's what I was, I think they, um, they didn't want to hang around anymore. So, yeah, that was amazing experience feeling um, these cows curious. They were very curious about what I was and what was happening here. I wasn't normal. It wasn't a normal human interaction. I might have smelt human, but I wasn't, humans didn't sit still and sweat like a salt lick. Um, no, it was, yeah, big experience, big surprise for them too, I think. Yeah. Mm. So, so that was my second, second light experience. And then, um, my third one, the last one I had was in 1999 and, um, um, what, what was, I'm trying to remember now, I, um. Was back at my parents' house, where I had the first um, light experience, NDE experience, um, other reality experience, and I was meditating again on the on the grass out the back of my parents' house, and um, once again, you know, the blue blue light, like the blue of the sky. Um, turned into this amazing white light again. It's loving, warm, all-encompassing, wonderful, joyous white light. So I um so I went into the white light again. And um and had more experiences. But basically I'd just been through a divorce at this stage but about oh, three months earlier. And my wife had left me. And um I was, you know, suffering a lot. Wasn't happy. Um things were, you know, it was it wasn't a happy divorce. It was a very bitter and twisted divorce. It involved court battles for the next two years. And um yeah, it wasn't, wasn't a great experience, but 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 going into that, into the light again and being reminded. Uh, by Jesus, that this is human beings trying to do the best for themselves. Even though my wife was being hateful and mean and trying to steal money from me and and um, you know, trying to get me sent to jail and and uh, trying to do all these nasty things to me, um, she was all, doing it all because she felt the need to um, get me out of her life. She saw me as the reason for all the troubles in her life and she wanted to get rid of me. And um, so she was just doing what was best in her limited human mind. But at the time, it was very hard to accept that. I'd had three months of just nasty, bitter treatment. And um, and um, at that stage, she hadn't stopped me seeing my daughter. But within, I don't know, couple of weeks 10 days of that experience she um took my daughter and wouldn't let me see her and um and that took yeah two years of legal wrangling in the court for me to be able to have a relationship and see my daughter again
0: do you Mm. think that any of these prior to experience changed you in a way that affected your relationship enough to to make this part of the reason why you got divorced.
1: Yes. Yeah. I I became each time I had these experience. I then changed as a human being. Um, I couldn't be motivated by fear by people threatening me, or um, I knew I was going to be okay and I was going to be happy and and um, I could overcome all the nastiness that human human. Kind can deal out. Um, so even though she was being mean, nasty, and you know quite cruel to me, um, I never lost my faith in my own ability to find quality of life again and be free of this situation. It just required an effort on my part. So um and I so I had this different perspective on life that she didn't like. And the more I've meditated over the years, the more I've um become like Jesus, like I am in spirit. And um she she was a manipulative woman. She's got obsessive compulsive disorder. And um she kept trying to get me to be what she wanted to me, me to be. She was, she got into a marriage thinking I was an easygoing, because I'm an easy, easy easygoing, happy, um, confident, successful person. After these near-death experiences, um, you know, I changed in '88 when I had the first one. I changed more in '91 when I had the next one, and. Um, And we were together for seven and a bit years, my wife and I, and um, first wife, since found a lovely second wife. So, um, and I, she was frustrated that she could no longer manipulate me. As the the seven years progressed, um, I became more and more self-confident and more and more self-loving and um, she couldn't control me and, manipulate me and or change me as she wanted to change me she thought she had earlier in the relationship because I was so easy going I'd just let things slide or i'd I'd um just be happy to go along with something because I knew it didn't matter a jot really in the long-term scheme of of um reality of spiritual reality but she got frustrated that she lost the ability. To manipulate me, and I became it became clearer and clearer to her that I wasn't going to be the husband she wanted me to be, or the father that she wanted to meet me to be. I was going to raise my daughter differently to how she wanted my daughter raised, and and I was going to live my life with love and kindness and compassion, and and not trying to get ahead and win the rat race as she wanted to. So um yeah so it changed it changed our relationship over the seven seven and a quarter years.
0: What type of meditation do you practice?
1: Um my guru who is since a failed guru um, um, said it was um, raja meditation so um the king's meditation um, and but it, that was just him aggrandizing it sort of thing um basically it's it's um the meditation where you you try to sit back and reflect on your thoughts you try to become the, the spirit part of you the um the greater mind part of you and and as thoughts come into your mind you observe them as a, a scene in a movie say and, but then you say to yourself, "I don't. I don't need to see that scene anymore." And let it, let the scene go, and let um, images go, and thoughts go, and songs go, and and um, worries go, and all the things that occurred that come up in your human brain that um, distract you from being in that calm, centered, wholesome, joyous place that we are when we're in spirit and we're um communing with spirit, which is you know what meditations become for me is communing with spirit, you know. And um lost my train of thought again. Sorry. Right. <laughs> what what was I talking about?
0: Well, you were just telling me about the type of meditation you practice.
1: Yeah, so it's 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 um it's basically a reflective meditation where you you're separating yourself from the thoughts that come up, that come up in your mind, and it, gradually over the years, it doesn't this doesn't happen fast. You, the um you become better and better at being in the calm, uh, restful, uh, joyous, compassionate, wonderful state, and letting all these worries and Habitual thoughts and and um, you let them go. They just they just pass by, or, or they you know. After forty two years of it, a lot of them don't even come up anymore. You, your mind gets quieter and quieter and quieter.
0: You mentioned that you see a blue light. Does that mm. mean that during your meditation you imagine a blue light or something, or visualize um, it?
1: No, no, I'm I'm just aware of it. It's um, it's actually changed as time's gone on. It was blue, I believe it was that I was mainly in my heart chakra, not my heart chakra, my throat chakra at the time, which has a blue blue light to it. Um, this is all stuff I've read about since, um, but um, so I think my aura was blue, was what I was seeing when I was. Meditating, um, but since then my aura's um, became mauve sort of thing, and I started seeing mauve colours when I was meditating, and now I I um, get a lot of white in my meditation. So I think I've moved through the um, third eye and up into the um, top chakra as well. So. So I, I tend to get purples and whites swirling colors around me when I'm meditating these days.
0: After watching this podcast, people may want to reach out to you and ask you questions. Are you yes. Are you open to that? And if so, how yes. should they reach you?
1: Um, well, I'm on Facebook where, where we connected, John Rigby um, on Facebook. And I'm more than happy to. Answer questions or talk to people about it. You know, it's um. I've talked to all my family and friends about it, and, and uh, my wife about it, and uh, most of them just think I'm a kook. Mm. <laughs> so um, my wife understands; she believes me, and she understands it now. And um, and some people accept it, but yeah, a lot of people. I come from a scientific background. My you know, my mother was a, a um, pathologist and my father was, you know, a stock and station agent, very much a man of practical principles and things like that. They didn't have any spiritual understandings at all. They went to church because their mother told them to, you know. So, um, so I, you know, so I'm happy to share what's happened to me and what my understandings are. So, yes.
0: Well, before we finish up, can you leave us with one last positive message?
1: Well, that's been the big thing for me. Um, Understanding that every human being is doing their very best. Every single moment of every single day. They really are. They're doing their level best. They can't do any better. They're not out to hurt you. They're trying to find happiness and joy for themselves. That would be my... Big, big thought. Yeah.
0: (laughs) John, thank you for your message. And thank you again for being my guest. Pleasure. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks for watching the Jeff Mara podcast. I really appreciate you. Another way to show support is through YouTube memberships. And if you do, there are loyalty badges and other perks depending on your level of membership. All you need to do is click the join button underneath the video to find out more. Thank you for your support.